We're a couple of days into the NBA season. So let's look ahead to Thursday. It's two games. We can dig deep into what's going to happen. Some streaming options, stream of the day, things that are on my radar. Michael Bolton, are you on my radar? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. What was I going to say? I've completely blanked. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Okay, so here we are. Two games on for tomorrow. So it is a key streaming day if, big if, if that is the direction that you are going. And I would highly, highly recommend that unless you have spots that have opened up through injuries and guys sitting on injured reserve, you don't drop these players with high upside um, or that you just want to see what happens. Like, just don't sacrifice to get one extra game of somebody in. So therefore, you know, what's the point of this show? <laughs> there is still use in looking at what's going to happen and getting... Look, you would have loved streaming in Torian Prince for the game on Tuesday, right? But... Is it worth dropping? Like, I've heard of people dropping players like Bruce Brown to get a stream in. Like, insane, stupid, ridiculous. People dropping Derek Lively before he plays a single game. All right, let's see what happens, right? Who's likely to have more value rest of season? Lively. So don't make those moves. But if you do have two guys that get hit with injuries and you can stash them and you open up a roster spot, yeah, that's what we're looking for. That's how we're looking to attack the stream versus you're really sitting there and dropping guys that we drafted for a specific reason and we haven't had a chance to see how that stuff settles in. So we will uh, we'll talk about that. Now, I have addressed this already, but there's more people watching now than there was before. I'll say it again. Unfortunately, I can't use a lot of the sound bites, nearly all of them that, that I've used in the past. I don't like it, right? I, I wish that I could. But because um, yeah, the, the, way that, or the, or the way the world is, because they are things that are used from other um, media, nearly every one of them, the the, the risk of um, infringement on that we can't do it as a as a company and as a show. I hate it. Like it's part of what I was able to do to my show to make it fun and interesting, and it annoys me that, that I can't do it. But I can't. Like as simple as that. Like I I'm not I'm not out here looking to go bankrupt with all this sort of stuff, right? So I'm not going to be able to, unfortunately, like I, I hope that you guys you still want to stick with the show, even though I can't play silly sounds for players. Um, but it's unfortunately just something I've got to do. I, I hope that there's some way we can find a solution to it. Um, at this point, I can't, but that's that's it. That's that's where it sits. And, and it sucks, I know. Um, it's frustrating to build that up over yeah, 12, 11, year, 11 years, whatever it is, 4,000 shows and just be in a situation where it's got to change. And it, it is jarring. It's jarring for me as well. So I reach for the buttons. I go, ah, I can't do it. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's why, and I I, I apologize. And that's just how it is. Like I, I just I can't take that risk with that sort of stuff, unfortunately, which is uh, shitty. Okay, bit emotional. All right, let's look. Let's look through um, what we're actually here to look at, and that is a preview for Thursday, October the twenty sixth. As I have said, there is only the two games on. It's Philadelphia at Milwaukee, and then the second game is the Suns, uh, the Suns and the Lakers. So, let's look at what the injury status currently is at the moment. Nice little rainbow color scheme there. What we do know is there is some news on the James Harden situation. So, he will be out. He will not play. Apparently, he is back with the team after tending to his sick mother in Houston. That was why he was away from the team. He hadn't been there for 10 days. There's multiple reports going back and forward from different people. So he is back with the team. He was apparently bags packed, ready to go and play. And the team said, nah, you're not coming with us, Jim. Whether that's because they're worried about disruption that he causes or he's not in shape from being away. They, so he looks like he'll be out for at least um, the next two games. But while it's not great that he's out for these first two, I would say that this is a relatively positive situation in terms of getting Harden onto the court. The fact that he was back and willing and ready to play and the team was like, no, just sit these couple out is, I guess, partially encouraging. I don't think the Sixers are going to be able to just sit him um, every game. They're not going to be able to, you know, with this player participation policy, they're not going to be able to just say, Jim, you're not playing every game. There's obviously a reason here. He's been away from the team for 10 plus days. So they say, well, you're not ready to go. No game plan, practice, whatever. That makes sense. But if he's there and going to play, he's, I think he is going to play. Now, that doesn't mean that you panic on Melton or Maxi or Toby Harris. I heard someone drop Toby Harris. Like, what are you doing? Just hold. Let's see what happens, yeah? There's going to be interesting stuff happen in these first couple of games, which may or may not translate moving forward. But what we know for now is Harden is out for game one, likely out for game two, or definitely out for game two. And... We see where it goes, but it's at least some sort of, I think there's a level of positivity in terms of at least getting something on the court from him. Chris Middleton is going to play. I introduced a new little color there. If you are watching on YouTube, he's labeled pink. He's going to be limited. So we knew that he had off-season knee surgery. He wasn't practicing in full to start the season. Adrian Griffin gave me one of those quotes, and didn't give them to me, give it to Eric Name, I believe, gave one of those quotes where you just want to go and um, like punch him in the dick hole, where he's just avoiding, like, who? who are you talking about? Chris? Oh, oh, I've, oh, I've never heard of him. Chris Middleton? Oh, yeah, no, nah, that's... Oh, yeah, no, nah, he's good, sorry. Yeah, you know, he'll be okay. Oh, so when's he going to play? Who? Like, dickhead, just tell us, man. So... I know that was a fantastically acted reenactment of the scenario. But anyway, Middleton's out there playing and not surprisingly, they're like, we're going to you know, be stupid of us to come in and play him 35 minutes game one. And I agree, Adrian Griffin, that would be stupid. How slow do they go? Because it took like months last season to get him up to anywhere close to normal minutes. Now, not for a second suggesting that Middleton's going to play 24 minutes a night again this season, but... I would think for, let's say, 10 days to two weeks, he's sitting under 30 minutes. 
So we got a little bit worried, A, when Lillard came across, B, when the knee injury came, and that's why he was pushing into the 80s and 90s in drafts. So don't do anything stupid. Don't drop him. But you're going to be in for a little bit of pain early on. So he's going to be limited early on here. The other injuries are the two guys that missed um, the games on Tuesday. Jared Vanderbilt, I am listing him doubtful. Officially, there's no designation on him. But with the nebulous reporting on that knee injury, or sorry, heel injury, it doesn't sound like he's ready to go straight away here. He doesn't sound like he's particularly close. So let's put him at doubtful. The official NBA rules say doubtful means um, 25%. In reality, doubtful means 10%. And that's why I'm giving him that um, doubtful tag because I think there's a 10% chance that he plays here actually. So yeah, so I, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to go. That means more minutes for Torian Prince and maybe a similar rotation to game one. And the other one is Brad Beal, who was a game-time decision for Tuesday. At the moment, it does look like he is trending towards playing. They are hopeful that he plays against the Lakers. And just one quick thing. It's very, very easy. And, and I actually, I hate this, right? I hate the way that NBA media does this because NBA media has such an influence over the way that people think and talk. And I think part of your job as the media is A, to hold some people accountable for sure, but you're also got some sort of responsibility in promotion or providing a neutral viewpoint. The idea that Bradley Beal has a back issue and whatever media you're involved in, and you come out and go, oh, I see the NBA's load management policy's working really well. They're load managing Beal game one. Now they're not, he's injured. Do you not understand this? How does nobody understand this? Oh, he's had all preseason. How can he still be sore? Because they played in preseason and they practice in preseason. And guess what happens? You get hurt. This is not load management. The bloke was hurt. I don't know how that is hard to say, but the fact that there is all this weird narrative that gets pushed by so many people, like the NBA, they never play, they don't try. Every single player is soft cock and all they want to do is uh, jerk off into their Louis Vuitton wallets, right? That's what people think happens. And it's garbage for a start. And then as media, sorry, I'm losing my fucking mind here. As media, you come out and go, look at that, they're resting him straight away. Load management game one, what a joke. Can't even play. They had all off season to rest. That's not what this is. And I, it, it pisses me off that we can't have any level of critical thought. Of maybe, just maybe, the bloke's hurt. Ha! Imagine that. Imagine he was hurt. Or he's just resting because he wants to because he's a spoiled, pampered brat. Like, get out of here, you dickheads. Anyway, Brad Beal might be ready to play. So we get, and I'll talk about this in the on my radar section later in the day as I calm down. Uh, after that, but Bill currently questionable. I would say questionable, leaning towards uh, probable would be my guess. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does a free Thanksgiving sound? I, I assume it sounds pretty good because it sounds good to me. Ibotta is here this year to give you cash back and make sure that your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Oh, what a phrase that is. All gas, no brakes, but in a food-based metaphor. Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and then upload your receipt. 
receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, produce, personal care, pantry goods. You can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. So download the Ibotta app now. Ibotta's actually sponsoring the Nuggets this season, Jersey Patch. Uh, download the iBotter app now. Use the code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free iBotter app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Instead of going up against thousands of people with 10 hours a day crunching spreadsheets and numbers to try and get the right thing here, it's really simple. You just go in, you see a player projection, you go more or you go less. And you do that between two to six different players, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. You can do it during football season, in basketball season, in hockey. You can do it for the World Series. It is all there over on Price Picks. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. So after that little, little, hey, by the way, on that Beal thing, there's going to be plenty of you that watch this that disagree with me. Nah, he's definitely soft. He could have played. Cool. Right. That's fine. I think I'm right. You think you're right. That's okay. Let's look at the stream of the day for 12-team category leagues. Now, I'm constantly looking, trying to work out how best we assess this in terms of roster percentage numbers because I want to make sure I'm giving things that, that apply to a lot of people, right? So I'm looking at guys who on Yahoo at the moment are 45% or under rostered. And I think the stream of the day for 12-team category leagues is Paul Reed. Paul Reed only needs, let's say he gets 18 minutes. Now, maybe he doesn't get it. Maybe he plays strictly behind Joel Embiid. I'd be a little bit surprised if that happened, but maybe that's what happens. But if he gets 18 minutes, he will be a very valuable stream guy. He might only be seven points. Might be six rebounds, two steals, two assists, and a block. I think he's the guy to have a look at here. We're going to get a real indication in this game of how they choose to use Reed. Do they play him at all at power forward, or is he strictly a backup? In 16-team leagues, I'm going with a cutoff of 10% rostered. And the guy I'm looking there is Malik Beasley for these two games. Beasley is going to start. He's available in over 90% of leagues. He could very easily hit... He could do what Torian Prince did on Tuesday. He could come out and he could hit six triples. He could have 18 points, one rebound, six triples and nothing else. But in 16 teams, a guy that's going to start, which is Beasley, it's very rare to find. And he can have terrible games. But he can also pop off plus... With Middleton somewhat limited, that's a little bit more responsibility going to Malik. And in a 12-team points league, you could use this in category leagues if you wanted to as well. I think Kelly Oubre is worth a look. Now, Oubre is not going to approach, I'd be stunned if he approached what he did last season. I don't think he's going to start with Harden now. I don't think there's any chance of that. But he can score. And there are going to be more shooting opportunities available with Harden out. So we look at Oubre as a 12-team point stream. Sure, he can be a category stream as well. I think he's more limited in the category sense, but if you're looking for what he provides versus Reed, I get that. They're pretty close. But in a points league, I would lean Ubre over Reed as a streamer 
for the games on Thursday. What do you think? Do you, uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? Let's look at some more streaming options across positions. These guys here are all available in uh, at least 50% of leagues. So point guard, it's Gabe Vincent. Yes, this is what happens. And this is why I've been banging on about this all preseason. If you haven't watched any of my stuff preseason, welcome back to the show. But I've been talking about the way that we assess fantasy basketball in a lot of cases is wrong. We look at so much stuff in terms of season-long numbers and all that sort of thing. But in the vast majority of us, where it's a week-to-week basis and there's so much variation. So Gabe Vincent struggled on Tuesday. Is that going to be what he does every single game? Absolutely not. Why couldn't he Torian Prince his way to 75% shooting? It's about opportunity. It's about role a lot of the time. And we are going to miss when we're looking at averages and projections. You can't, no one could realistically come out and say, well, I project that Torian's going to hit 80% and Gabe Vincent's going to go at 10%. Because you'd be like, what are you basing it on? Well, I'm actually just fingering it out of my ass. Right? You can't do that. So it's about trying to hit the expected outcomes and roles. And I think we sort of nailed that with Vincent. And we're going to do that again. I think he's going to be worth the option. It could fall flat in our face. Often, results don't match process. With the Prince one, the results did match the process. It made sense. He was a starter with three quality games, a really solid ad for the week. With, yeah, like a Vincent here, the role's okay. He's played less than Russell, so maybe the process wasn't 100% bang on, but it's worth looking at him. For shooting guard, it's Josh Okoge, especially if Beal is out, but like Torian Prince, who I've got there as a small forward stream, we don't expect Okoge to be a 70% shooter like he was last game, but he played a lot of minutes, which is hugely encouraging. He's always going to be a terror generating steals. So he's on the he's on the, the radar absolutely as a 12-team streamer, not as a must-roster long-term 12-team league guy, but for now, while the games make sense on these sort of low-volume days, great. And then we go to Prince. Now, if Prince didn't hit 75% of his shots and instead he hit 45%, we wouldn't be talking about him with any sort of reverence at all. But the fact that he is starting, and I assume that Jared Vanderbilt will be out again, that would put Prince once more into the, the situation where the process makes sense to use him again. This is why we looked at him early in the week as an interesting stream because of the three quality games the Lakers have. So we go back to him again, expecting him to be worse than he was on Tuesday. At power forward, we're looking at Paul Reed as a streamer, and then at center, Drew Eubanks. Again, Eubanks was poor in terms of his scoring and efficiency, but he blocked three shots in 18 minutes. And there's not many centers who are going to be available to play. Yeah, Paul Reed is too, but we slot him at power forward. Not many centers available to play on Thursday who've got the ability to actually have an influence in a category league because three blocks has an influence, as I think you're well aware. All these guys are rostered in under... um, uh, under fifty percent of leagues, yes, under fifty percent of leagues. That is what we are. That is what we are doing here. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season and this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's right, two hundred dollars, win or lose, in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time. The app is easy to use. You've got spreads and over unders and player props and all that stuff. You can look at the Dolphins after we lost last week in a game that was um, frustrating to say for a Dolphins fan, but we're still going. We're still Super Bowl. So go and have a look at the futures there. Look at Tua for MVP. Look at Tyreek Hill for MVP if you want. It's all over there. 
on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, that will bring us in now to look at some deeper league streaming targets for Thursday. These guys are all available in, what is my cutoff here, 20% or 80% of league. So we're dropping that that number down there somewhat. So more like 14-team type streamers and deeper. At point guard, it's Gabe Vincent. Well, a lot of these names are the same, right? It's Gabe Vincent, it's Josh Kogi, it's Torian Prince, and Drew Eubanks, they're all available in 80% plus of leagues at the moment. You might think that's a little strange that people haven't grabbed Torian Prince, but they haven't grabbed Torian Prince to that level. The other one to throw in there, because Paul Reed is rostered in over 20%, is Jay Crowder, who is 1% rostered. Now, we all know that Jay Crowder is not... Um, oh, I don't think I can... I was going to say, can I drop the... Sometimes maybe... I don't think I can... Uh, the frustrations. So Jay Crowder um, is notoriously inconsistent, right? But with Middleton limited, Crowder might be able to play the three. It might be a disaster, but he'll get minutes at the four as well. And if you're talking 16-team, 14-team leagues, a bloke that plays who could hit four or five threes if things turn correctly. Now, you wouldn't want to waste a game in a roto league on an ad like Crowder, but in a head-to-head league where you're just trying to accumulate anything, if he gives you nine points and two threes and four rebounds... That's useful in a deeper format. So Crowder available everywhere. And an interestingly enough, solid stream, I would say. Yeah, I'd say it's solid enough as a stream for um, for the games on Thursday. So who are the two for ones? What is the two for one, you ask? Well, it's when you can add someone and get two quality games out of them without wasting an extra uh, ad. So who are the guys that play Tuesday, Saturday? And how should we be looking to, to preserve our waiver wire moves? So I've got six names here. Paul Reed, he's actually got three. So they play three out of the next four nights, the Sixers, and they're all quality games. So Paul Reed, three games, four nights. Love it. Thursday, Friday. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Drew Eubanks got the Thursday and Saturday combo. Josh Kogi, Eric Gordon, the three sons, go Thursday and Saturday as well. You add them. This is why adding Suns guys at the start of the week, even though Eric Gordon was stunk on game one. Right? He shot poorly. He got a ton of shots. He played a lot of minutes, but you could have added him and played him Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, not worried about the extra volume on Wednesday, Friday, and got out of that. So they're all useful. And then there's two more sixes. Kelly Oubre Jr. with three games in the next four nights, all quality games. And even Patrick Beverly With Jim Harden out, that boosts Beverly's um, minutes up. I would love for them to give them to Jaden Springer. I'm not going to be super confident in that. And one thing we did see through that first opening night is that sometimes preseason stuff means nothing. Julian Strouder, red hot, zero minutes. Zero minutes. Like, they just don't play these guys. Max Christie getting serious rotation minutes. Zero in the regular season. Like, just didn't play. Um, Brandon Pajemski, man, dominating. Zero. Corey Joseph and bloody um, Gary Payton playing over him. So yeah, maybe Springer, who I thought was awesome in the preseason, they just go back and they defer to Patrick Beverly. But him and Ubre, three games in the next four nights. So we're looking at sixes and sons. Sixes get that extra. Now you might have enough waiver wire moves that you don't need three games. So therefore you could add any of these players and then drop someone on Saturday after Saturday's game and then add whoever you want for Sunday. That's totally possible as well. But we're looking at some two for one options there. And then lastly, what is on my radar 
for the two games, Philadelphia and Milwaukee. How does the usage and the ball handling get distributed for the Sixers in this um, in these games without Jim? Like, how does it work? Maxi, we're going to watch usage and passing. We're going to watch to see what happens with Melton and Ubre and Toby Harris. They're some of the big things we want to watch on the Philadelphia side. On Milwaukee, what is Malik Beasley's role? If he is a starter, is it 30 minutes? To him, Pat Connaughton and Marjan Beauchamp all cut into each other? Can Beasley take on more ball handling? God, I hope not, but maybe he does with Middleton Limited. How do they use Beasley? I do not think that Malik Beasley is a 12-team league guy, but he's absolutely worth a look just if it's for this day only. Phoenix and the Lakers, I want to watch Devin Booker because he obviously dropped eight assists in that first game. He had four first half assists and then he had like one assist early third quarter and then had like two in the final couple of minutes and it ends up looking good with eight assists. I firmly believe that Devin Booker is going to be able to improve his assists from what he did last season to at least get close to seven per game. But we want to see what happens when Bradley Beal comes back and how Booker works and how much they use him to initiate. I think it's going to be a lot and we, we will get more information on that. And then for the Lakers, we saw in the first half that Jackson Hayes was the backup center and Christian Wood was the 10th man of the rotation. In the second half, Wood was over Hayes and Hayes didn't play. I still believe that Christian Wood is absolutely overrepresented in 12-team leagues and should not be rostered as a long-term thing. But if you do have Wood, giggity, you hold on to him for now and you use the crucifix for Thursday and they play again on Sunday as well. Even if, again, I don't think it's a long-term thing. I, he, let's see, does he play any minutes, Wood, next to Anthony Davis? Does Hayes play next to Davis? Because they played, again, zero minutes. Anthony Davis is in the center. He's actually a power forward. Well, you're lying because he is a center and he's clearly a center. So we'll see what they do, right? We'll see how they run Hayes. We'll see how they run Wood. We'll see how much Wood plays. Is he going to be worth holding? Absolutely not. But he is, at least for Thursday, worth holding. And that does it for me today as a show that should have been short i went on too many rants so i do apologize follow this podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and on the odyssey app and on youtube thumb it up and leave your comments down below guys we are done here thank you so much for listening everyone see ya